Welcome to The Space Between the Notes, a bedroom disco podcast. I'm Sam Walsh, your host. On this episode, I have a conversation with Romy Madley Croft, also just known as Romy, about her first solo record, Midair. Romy is perhaps best known as the guitarist and vocalist in the band The XX, but despite this being her official solo debut album, she has been around as a solo artist for quite a long time. And the record we discuss, Midair, harkens back to her queer nightlife days in the 90s and the 2000s when she was listening to a lot of emotional dance pop music in clubs. And it really does immortalize that sound. I love this album a lot. It's one you can easily dance around to with five people or 5,000 people and equally one you can just lie back and close your eyes and get lost in. She collaborated with Fred again and Stuart Price to create this world and it really is a world you can step into. It was very cool for me to get to talk to Romy because the XX's debut album came out right when I was in my first year of university and it occupies a very particular place in my musical canon. And even though I found out during our conversation that she is a fan of a certain football team that shall not be named, she is still an icon in my eyes and it was a real pleasure. Here's our conversation. Well, thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Midair is your debut solo album. You've called it your coming out album, even though you've been out for a long time in your personal life. Um, you've talked about it being a big deal for you to be explicitly writing about romantic love with all female pronouns and... Also, you're a guitarist, but this is very much a record full of just club bangers. Can you start by talking a little bit about that and kind of set the scene for the album a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, the whole uh, the whole experience has been like kind of for me just try and sort of challenge myself and try new things. And, um, you know, I think putting the guitar down is one of them. <laughs> And um, was like a good experience in the sense that I, I felt like it maybe would have been like in my comfort zone to make an album that was guitar ballads or like more, like something that, just like a singer songwriter album, I suppose. That's like my safe space. But like I wanted to explore like my other love, which is like just big dance music, like you know club classics, um, Eurodance kind of trance and and like emotional dance music so um, I was excited to combine the two and try and find a way to share those emotional songs but in, in a new way. It's been apparent for quite for some years that you have been a solo artist in your own right separate from the XX and I think yeah. personally I've kind of always expected that you would release a solo album and in some ways I'm surprised that it's uh, that it's taken this long as well. Like a lot of music that's coming out now, many of these songs were written during lockdown. And I always wonder what it must be like making songs like these in isolation that so make you want to be around other people dancing. How did you get over that dissonance? 
was it difficult for you to kind of find that headspace sometimes? I definitely, I, I mean, I think that it made me appreciate clubbing and, and connecting and, and the, like what I'm drawn to in, in this sort of more like euphoric style of music is that kind of, you know, I, I love songs that the moment they come on, the whole room unites and like it feels like really connected. And, you know, as much as I tried to have my own like kitchen disco, just me and my wife in lockdown, you know, we had a good time, but, you know, I really missed that feeling of, of a whole a whole room connecting over music. And um, it's, yeah, I had that vision in my mind. Like I was, I was thinking about um, a lot about a specific queer club that I went to when I was a teenager that is really a big inspiration for this album is like, when I'm working on the music, I'm kind of picturing myself being like 16, 17, going to that club for the first time and the people I met and the music I heard and the way that it made me feel kind of safe and, and empowered to be myself. And um, that was kind of like, even though I wasn't able to go out to clubs when I was writing some of the songs, it was kind of my reference point in my imagination. You really do frame the club as a place not only for celebration, but for like healing and community and catharsis as well. I know you've cited Robin as a big influence for you, who's an artist that I love dearly. And um, you, what did you call it? Emotional dance music. But I mean, I just think of them as sad bangers. Sort of. can, you, can you talk to me a little bit more about this, like the sentiment of uh, clubbing as a place for healing and, and also specifically queer clubs as well, I think? Um, yeah, I think that I realised that that if like day to day I kind of can keep my cards kind of close to my chest like I can sort of not be you know if someone asks me how I am I kind of am like I'm fine I, I, I don't always want to burden people so I think that when I um have been in a sort of like on a night out you know not necessarily like I'm just going out and getting wasted and and crying but like I just mean that like when I think that feeling where after a long week sort of being in a club and, and, and emotions being a little bit closer to the surface, my guard being down more and um, hearing music that's kind of bringing emotions to the surface and then in turn ending up having conversations that are a little bit more open due to the fact that I'm kind of my guard is down and also it being on the other side of people sort of opening up to me in that way and those sort of moments that I've shared with people in a smoking area or like those kind of conversations um, are really special to me and I, and I realized it was a place where I have let myself kind of feel more than um than I than I kind of realized and it was kind of it has been, then gone on to sort of gone full circle with writing a song the song on the album called Strong and that kind of being about dealing with grief but within a sort of it's a clubby sounding track is that now that I've been in a situation where I've played a show in a club I've been in the crowd afterwards and someone's come up to me and said told me about themselves grieving and how that song's helped them and how and then we're in the club having the conversation about grief with someone that I don't know that feels connected to me felt like really special and like very you know it's like a it's like it was a real full circle moment yeah and they're just it's it's there's it's very personal it feels like very very intimate and personal while also being this like this album where you can't help but feel 
like you want other people around you. And Strong is an amazing song. I really love that song and I love the video for it, which is directed by your wife, uh, Vic yep. Lentain. And it's got some really moving scenes with your cousin. What was it like making art with your wife? And have you always done that? I, I, I love working with Vic. It's, um, it, is, it began in lockdown, really, when I, when I released my song Lifetime. Um, she's a photographer and it felt really natural for us to when I was sort of promoting the song, you know, we needed to take some pictures and it was lovely to work together and the fact that we could be creative in that way. It wasn't something that we had explored really until then and then it felt very natural and we we kind of carried it on. Um, and when when we were talking about what, what how to visually represent Strong, I just kind of said to her, it's kind of to me like a hug in a club. <laughs> like that was a very simple kind of reference and she was like okay so who would you like to hug and I, I, I didn't know and she was like well why don't you hug Louis because that's like you know he's my cousin and he's I'm thinking of him as well when I when I talk about when I'm sort of writing the lyrics I'm kind of reflecting on myself the way that I process things and sort of push things down and also how I'd observed him in, in his own grieving and I um so it was kind of special that that he said yes and I only played him the song right before we did that music video so it was quite fresh and you know he's um to be together and like to sort of share that like a hug like that was quite you know we're, we're, we're really close but we don't like it's you know it was quite a long time to hug because when we were shooting the video and it was really special to be close to him and um I'm, I'm that's only something that Vic I think would have thought of and would have been able to kind of capture in that way so it was really special to, to, to work with her like that. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's also really interesting the way that you've you've brought many of your friends and people around you in to collaborate on this album as well. Before I talk about some of the collaborators, um, you mentioned the voice notes or like snippets from snippets of sound from outside clubs and bars that were recorded on your phone. Can you talk a little bit about the decision to do that? And like, what do you think those do for the overall effect of the album? Because I really like those uh, moments. Thank you. Is that in, in the interlude in DMC you're thinking of? Well, there are two, right? There's one in, in the interlude and then there, there's one near the beginning, I think, isn't there? I think it's just the opening to the album. The opening yeah. is is... Um, is me just saying to Fred in our session, can you can you turn it up a bit more? A bit more? And um, I, that was literally just taken from our session where I was literally asking for him to sort of change the levels. And I think in that we decided to keep it in because it just felt like a, it just felt like a sort of, just like a little window into our process and like a little exchange. And I can hear in that, that we, I'm still, it's still quite polite and I don't, we're still getting to know each other and I'm still quite nervous about this whole project. And I think leaving it in felt, you know, kind of an accurate representation of the start of the album and how I felt um, kind of tensively going in. Um, and um, on the interlude DMC, it's kind of, it stands for Deep Meaningful Conversation. And I, Mike, as my friend says, oh, if you did a club night, you should have a DMC corner, like for these exact reasons, for these moments to like people to sort of share their feelings. And um, yeah, I've got like a voice note of Oliver on there and I've got a little voice note of me kind of talking about finding things a bit difficult to talk about. And it's just, it's supposed to be a little moment like that, that kind of something I've experienced that 
to share that with with the listeners. Do you feel like most of the writing happened in the studio, or do you have a a specific writing practice that you stick to, or has it been really really different writing these songs because of because of the stylistic differences? Yeah. Um, so when I first started writing lyrics, I always started with the words first. Like I would just write basically just poems, perfect the words, and then feel comfortable singing them. I think it came from a place of feeling shy about singing and really wanting to be like really ready to do it. And I think Oliver was also quite similar. So that's that was how we started. Um, as I've gotten like older, I was really curious about how big mainstream pop music was made and I uh, went and like have done quite a few writing sessions with other people just to kind of be curious and like to see to learn some stuff um, and one of the first different techniques that most people use is that they would just find some chords and then sing random melodies out loud and have no lyrics and when I first had that Kind of was asked to do that I felt like very naked and I was like wait what do you mean like I, I, I don't know what I'm going to say and um, but in doing that you end up I think kind of creating a, a, a different a different sort of feeling comes out because the melody is just free-flowing and sometimes you end up saying words subconsciously that can inspire the lyrics again so with them um, when I was writing a lot of these songs with Fred uh, Fred would play some chords and I would just sing random melodies and then together we'd say, oh, that was good. Okay, more of that. Okay. And in the end, I, I would sort of leave the session with these kind of rough skeletons of, of a song, but they had melody in them and a few words. And I'd kind of go off and sort of in my own time spend quite, be quite specific about the words and the story and try and fit that into the melody. And then I'd come back to Fred and we'd develop it more. But I think I, need, I think that time, I'm not so good at writing lyrics on the spot. Um, just because I, I need to kind of go to a bit of a, like a quiet place and like really think about it and then come back. It's, a, it's something I'd like to try and challenge myself to be better at. But yeah. One of the one of the things that I tend to do with these interviews is I always kind of try and pick one or two songs that are favorite favorites that I want to talk about. But with midair, <laughs> it was so hard to choose one. Because it, it's wow. banger after banger. Like I started listening and I was like, love her. Okay, that's okay. That's one. Definitely. What's next? Uh, Weightless. Okay, strong start. It's probably top loaded. And by the time I got to the end, I pretty much marked every song as a favorite. Um, <laughs> so nice. So, I mean, I, we already talked about strong. And I will ask actually about, um, I, I want to ask about twice, but one thing that I think that that is reflective of is that it feels kind of like a cohesive album-y album that flows very well and is best as a whole, which is something that I don't always associate with this type of music, partly because club music is often song-focused, but also because it's quite difficult to sustain that level of energy for so long, like across an album. Um, right. Did you feel like you were thinking a lot about the project as a whole album while you were writing it or did you, or were you just kind of accumulating songs and then you kind of brought it together um, at the end? I think subconsciously I, I definitely would have really been thinking about it as a whole. Like I think I really 
with the XX, we've always cared so much about the whole album and the way that the album flows, and and we kind of were all like understood and had to accept that not everyone listens to an album in order <laughs> um, or like start to finish uh, anymore. But I think the intention I still got that, even though I'm approaching it from more of a kind of dance music perspective, I've still kind of got that more like classic album um, kind of mindset that I really love the flow and I guess like a DJ set as well I love making sure that it kind of there's an arc and a flow that kind of takes people on a journey and sustains the energy and um, so that was really in, in, in my mind and I think as the tracks were getting closer to being finished kind of there the tr I was starting to form the track list and that would kind of influence how they were finished you know and I think that twice is has a transition that goes into did I which was really exciting for me because I really wanted to emulate that like a like a live DJ mix transition, and um, you know that was like it came later in the process. I knew that I was like I think these two are going to work together, and it was great to work with Stuart on like kind of finding getting that transition, which is one of my favourite moments on the album, um, just because it it kind of feels exciting and like a real moment in a club. Yeah, I think if I had to choose one, I think. Twice is my favorite song on the album because I can't figure it's going to sound strange, but it's because I can't really figure out what about it makes me love it so much. Often there'll be <laughs> like an element of a song, like a lyric or a surprising instrumental part that will make me fall in love with it. But twice is kind of right at the center of this album. And I was having such a good time by that point and there's so much momentum and it just kind of, like the it's got this build and it does everything that I want it to do in the build and it sounds so good. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with just how immaculate the production sounds. Um, and then you've said that you worked with Fred again and you mentioned Stuart Price there. Um, how meticulous was the production process? And like, are there were there lots of versions or did it come together quite quickly? And like, are you obsessive about getting the the perfect sounds. Um, I think meticulous yeah, is I think the meticulous word. meticulous is the um, word. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I am very specific. I, I am very specific. About that. And, and, but I, but firstly, I'm really I, glad you liked Twice. Really nice that, that's really nice it's to hear. That's really nice to hear. It's, um, it's a song, it's that, a song was written that was written as, written as, an, acoustic as an acoustic ballad. Um, and um, and um, it's um, the journey it's that it's got the journey on to get to the sonic world that it's in now. It's like a long journey. So for it to feel to you the way that it is the way that it is it's like exciting for me to hear that's one that Stuart that's one that Stuart produced and so the album isn't made up of songs that Fred and I wrote together at the very beginning of this process of this process it's then it's then a few songs that I wrote like independently and then Stuart produced so then and then there's songs and then there's songs that Stuart finished, finished that Fred had started. So we've kind of got like a, a bit of like a past the parcel. And there's some songs that are just Fred, some songs that are just Fred, and then there's kind of two mixes of two. But I wanted to make sure that it all felt cohesive, even though there's that kind of intertwining of different intert
I think I went on with a journey when like Fred and I first made a lot of this music. It was I was really inspired by. I was really inspired by. Really excited to share these references. Big bold pop dance songs. Fred was amazing. It Fred was amazing. It was amazing. Sounds on this world. Hearing in my head. And then I think I got a little bit. I think I got a little bit. I was like, is this sound like, right? Is this sound right? Can I back this? Am I, you know, I think my head got in the way. And I sort of felt like my confidence get a bit confused. Maybe I'll try some different versions of these songs. So I went and worked with quite a few different producers. I tried lots of different versions. The songs have kind of sounded very different. And then I realised actually, I really think that what we started with, that initial sound, that initial intention was right. So that's kind of why it took a long time. I went, on a bit of a journey I went on a bit of a journey with it. With and it. So I went back to Fred and, and so I went back to Fred and I said, I think actually we had something great here. And you know, at the time we, you know, at the time Stuart we, Price, Stuart was Price was an amazing person to get involved because he was great, involved, great, listening, great to and had, listening to what we had, and helping us finish it, and helping us kind of evolve it, and have that fresh, and have that fresh perspective and ears, and obviously all of his, and obviously all of his experience. So that was that was great. That was great. And then Stuart really helped. Stuart really helped, kind of. Make me feel comfortable, me feel and, comfortable empowered like and empowered to like again embrace those, again, embrace those and like references and like do it in a tasteful way, in a tasteful way, which well. is what I wanted and, as well. Um, and um, you know, he's also, you know, he's also, I think, between I think Fred, between Stuart Fred, and I, we're all very Stuart specific, all very specific about, specific about how we like things to sound, and I like perfectionists in a way. So I think it, there is an element of there is an element of it taking time, it taking time because of that. You know, the amount of versions you know, that Stuart that and I sat and I sat and made of enjoy your life like is, is like, kind of is, incredible is kind of like, incredible. The like, like to the again and again to go again and again, again so we get it right I really admire and we did a lot of versions we did a lot of versions to find the balance to find the balance between all the elements of the samples the lyrical the amount of lyrics the amount of ideas the amount of ideas it was a lot of different things it was a lot of different things so it took some time well it really paid off and I just think it sounds amazing from start to finish and actually like you know we talked about the club a bit but in my mind I think maybe just because it's the season and I've just uh, been at one uh, I felt very much like this is festival music and if you look at the list of your upcoming performances there are a lot of music festivals coming up and I wonder how that's been for you transitioning from performing quite reserved songs with the XX to basically trying to get thousands of people to dance. Um, it's very different. Um, it's something that I have started to really enjoy rather than feel nervous about. I think that DJing has been an amazing experience of like just building my confidence like behind the decks and like feeling more comfortable to just move. I really want to play this upbeat music and like I, I don't, my body just moves. I can't just stand still, <laughs> you know? And then it reached the point where I, I've just really missed singing. Like that was the main thing. I was like, I love DJing, but like there's this level of connection that happens for me personally and with the audience that when I sing that I that I had missed. So then when um at Coachella I did my first kind of start 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 of like what could be a, a new set, like a hybrid set between DJing and singing live with live electronic elements so I think I'm going to evolve that and like see what happens I'm never going to be like doing dance routines and like owning the stage like that that's just like I don't I can't as much as I want, wish I could I just can't so I've got to figure out how I can do that in a way that's like 
that feels like me, but it's also still kind of getting across the, the music in a way that feels natural as well, like and and that people that can be fun for everyone there. All right. Well, since you're in the space between the notes, the final question is always the same. It's a multiple choice question, um, and you're gonna have to bear with me here. So, apart from music, what is the most fun thing? Is it a sports? B, books, C, food, D, movies, E, extreme sports, F, traveling, G, backgammon, H, telling jokes, I, gaming, or J, other. And if you choose other, then your choice will be added to the list of things. Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. Um, that's, that's a good list. Uh, I would say something that has been like, I guess in parallel to making this album is like a love of football. Uh, so I guess a sports, um, that's been a big reason how I like reconnected with my what now wife. Like we were joined a five side football team and, um, that's how we kind of re-met and like spent time together. Uh, it's been a huge like kind of community feeling of like meeting new people and playing football together and like just you know I've met people who do all kinds of things it's not just people in music it's like it's really cool to just share that love of a sport and 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 it's a great stress relief and kind of escape from reality I find and like the way that it brings people together in a way that's similar to music uh, is something that I really think I've found very special and is only something I've really had in the past five years, sort of back in my life, apart from when I was a kid. Um, so that's been great. I also love football. I'm actually about to go and play football after this. I'm very excited about it. Oh, great. <laughs> Fun in the heat as well. well. <laughs> Sorry, okay. what did you say? You're going to play in the heat as well. Yeah, well, you know, sweat it out. I, I think I, I, I just love playing in the heat. Like, I, I really don't mind. Yeah, nice. I played in a, a charity football match um, for the first time. I'd never done anything like that before, but on at the weekend, and it was absolutely boiling. And I was like, I have a lot of respect for, for football players and like their fitness level and, and playing in all conditions. But it's just such an amazing feeling. And it's just, yeah, again, it was like great to be able to do that and like support a cause and like just meet other people. And like, it was cool because there were other people from music in that and like, it was, uh, yeah, it was nice to meet other musicians that were into football as well. That's really cool. Do you uh, follow a team or do you uh, just play football? Yeah, I, I followed um, Spurs. Oh, man, no. No, Romy, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> You're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> That's terrible. Right. End the call now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um... You know, basically, when I um, was getting back into football, um, my close family friend, like, I was living in North London at the time, and my close family friend is a lifelong Spurs fan. And, you know, we would just go to games together, and it was really nice to connect with him. And, um, and like, a lot of it's kind of like close to where I used to live. So, you know, um, I've been on an up and down journey with them, but, you know, uh, I know it's a you've got to stick with your team, don't you? <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll just I'll just erase that. It will get cut out of the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, thanks for agreeing to speak to me, and um, 
yeah, it's lovely to meet you. I'm a big fan of the album and hopefully I'll get to see you at some point play live. I don't think I'm going to be making any of the festivals that you've booked so far, but um, I'm sure you'll be playing more That's shows. Good. Thanks for your questions and have a good game tonight. Thank you. And yeah, enjoy your evening. That was me speaking with Romy Madley Croft. You've been listening to The Space Between the Notes, a bedroom disco podcast. I'm Sam Walsh, your host. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Sam Walsh, with music from Greg Dixon. Thank you to anyone who listened.